0: Good morning. It's hard to stay focused sometimes, isn't it? No? No, you don't find it? You find it easy? And as we are, uh, we're just in the middle of this series called the Daniel Plan, and today at the uh, in a few minutes, we're going to take a few minutes and create space where symbolically we take a cup of juice and a piece of bread, and we remember and we proclaim what Christ did 2,000 years ago through his blood being spilt, through his body being broken for us. But before we get that there, we're going to bear down for a few minutes, and we're going to focus on something that we have tended to neglect and tended to uh, maybe just kind of steer around in the life of, tradition, in the life of churches, and that's our bodies. And so we've been going through this series, and what I wanna do today is I wanna take you to a letter written by this pastor, this teacher, this church planter 2,000 years ago, who who taught us a little bit about our bodies. And what I wanna focus on specifically today is enthusiasm. But, But anyone ever gone out and bought something that they thought would make them maybe more physically fit? Maybe somebody bought something in the last couple of weeks or asked for something at Christmas. One thing I bought about uh, 20 years ago, <laughs> yes, is I bought a one-pound skipping rope. So on the handles here, the handles are weighted. And so the, the thinking was I wanted to increase my vertical so I could jump higher. And I love skipping, absolutely love skipping. I can't untie knots, but I, but I absolutely love skipping. It's one of my favorite things to do. I do it 15, 20 minutes a day. I do it in all sorts of various ways or whatever. And then I heard about this weighted skipping rope. And you buy this thing. Not only does it increase arm strength, but it also increases vertical, because you know I'm 5'10". I want to be able to jump as high as I can, because it's every little guy's dream to dunk on people when you play basketball that never worked out really well for me but I went and I bought this rope and after using it and they said within six weeks you will see results an increase of three to five inches in your vertical and so I started using it and using it over time and what I noticed after about a minute or two of using it is my arms were so exhausted I couldn't skip and then after about three or four weeks Guess what I didn't even like doing anymore? Skipping it all. Something that I had enjoyed doing before. I had bought this foolproof way to increase my vertical, make my arms. Anyone ever had that? They go and they buy something that's supposed to improve their physical being, and it ends up just failing. And we know this. We know our society is built around, so much of it's built around marketing and promoting and finding schemes and and gimmicks and and well-meaning products that can improve our physical being. And so we we buy into these things. And what do we find most of the time when it comes to get in shape quick gimmicks? What happens? doesn't last right it it, it doesn't you don't stick with it sometimes it has adverse effects and you never ever want to skip ever ever again and what I want to talk about today is really really specifically is is lasting change even possible Is transforming change even possible because a lot of us every New Year's we make a resolution and how long does it usually last two, three hours, and then we're right back into it. Is lasting change possible? And what I want to do today is I want to show you from this, this ancient pastor's letter six principles that are radical, that, that will, you do these things, it will lead to transformational change. It'll, it'll change you from the inside out and this guy named Paul he writes this and he writes and he starts this letter and he's writing to this church in Rome and this is what he says first thing he says is first radical principle he gives us is first thing you need to do and we started with this last week too is you need to commit your body to God you got to commit your body to God. And he says it like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So he says, begin with the physical. Begin with the body. He says, start there. Start with the body. Now, why does he say that? Well, I want to prove to you, I want to prove to you, if you want lasting transformational change, one, a good place to start with is to start with the body. Can you believe that? So, here's what I want to do I want to test it. Let's, let's check this out. If you want to experience financial change, if you want to experience relational change, if you want to experience change in a lot of areas, I would argue a good place to start with is the body. So, here's what I want you to do. Let's test this out. Can you kind of, if you were able, sit up straight? I wasn't expecting so much movement. What's with your postures? Um, and, and just, you know, if you're able, roll your shoulders a little bit. Don't cause injury to yourself. And now for the hard part, I just want you to breathe in through your nose and let it out through the mouth. In through the nose, out through the mouth. You know, a lot. I don't know if you feel any different right now, but some of you, you look so much better. (laughs) You even look different. And I can guarantee you something. Something has changed in the last 15 seconds. Because of what you made your body do, you are more alert than you were 20 seconds ago. Why is that? Because your body told your brain to move wake up some of you are already asleep and comfortable and i just ruined it for you and the body made the brain move and all of a sudden wow so let's let's go to this letter let's break this letter up because there's some heavy words i just read but here's what paul says he says this therefore in view of god's mercy so if you got some time this afternoon sit down you can read the whole letter but there's 11 sections that come before chapter 12 which i just read And those 11 sections, they tell us about God's mercy. All sorts of history about it, God's mercy. Then he says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, so in light of those 11 chapters where I told you all about, offer your bodies. So last week we talked about our bodies. Our bodies are a good thing. Our bodies are a great thing. We even talked about sex. Sex is a good thing. Sex is awesome within the marriage context. And we talked about how Jesus died for your body, and one day God's gonna resurrect your body, and He's gonna give you this body, and it's gonna be version 2.0, and it's gonna be fantastic. Woohoo! I can't wait. But then it says this it says, offer. It says, offer. And here's where it's tricky this is voluntary. This is voluntary. Nobody can make you change except you changes your choice. So it says this, if we offer our bodies, that is your spiritual act of worship. Now that's that's really loaded language, would you agree? Like what is spiritual act of worship? What is that? And, and what it's saying here is there's things that you can do with your body that are spiritual acts of worship. They're acts of worship. So let me give you a couple from the Bible because it's still kind of you know, like loaded language. First one is, and this one, I like this one, is first spiritual act of worship is I can cleanse it. The Bible actually says this, and Paul writes this, he says this, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So, so what he's basically saying is, is out of respect for God, out of reverence for God, God made my body, so I better, better take care of it. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle here. I struggle with what I eat and what I ingest and what I drink. My, my way of, you know, cleansing my body looks a little bit like this little quick video I want to show you. Now what starts with the letter C? Cookie starts with C. Let's think of other things that starts with C. Uh, Ah, who cares about other things? C is for cookie. That's good enough for me. You never thought you would see that in a church service, but that's how I like to cleanse my body. What about you? I love using cookies and sugary products too. And most of you are like, yeah, pastor, just keep preaching it, preaching it, preaching it. That's good. But when I think of like this is difficult stuff would you agree when I hear people use cleanse it's kind of like this is how I want to cleanse my body with good tasting food but Paul comes along here and he says what contaminates our bodies things that we eat and things that we we drink and then he says what contaminates the spirit things that we see and things that we hear does that make sense some of you just want me to show the cookie monster clip again. but so, so that's one way we can do acts of worship with our body. We can cleanse it. Cleanse it with good things, healthy things. Maybe just cleanse it right out with water. But the second one here is another way we can worship, do acts of worship with our body is by caring for our body. So Paul continues in this one letter he writes to the church in Ephesus, and he says this, No one hates his own body, at least no one in the right mind, but lovingly cares for it, just as Christ cared for his body, which is the church, which is the family of God. So he says, we need to care for our bodies just like Christ cares for his church. So, so there's a second way that we can, uh, our, with our bodies, it can be an act of worship. And There's one, another way, another way that I discovered is another way we can do acts of worship with our bodies is by controlling our bodies now we could go down we could go to the local gym we could go to gold's gym we could go to uh, uh, any any of the gyms around and you can see people there lifting weights running on the treadmill and most of them not all of them but most of them are doing what they're doing things out of worship of their of their bodies especially the ones who are posing nonstop and, and look and, and developing eight new muscles every time they go muscles that i didn't even know existed but, but here's what Paul's getting at here. He's saying this, if you want to please God, do this. Control your body as an act of worship, as a way to please him. And he says this, Paul writes this, each of you should learn to control their own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And most of us are like, no duh, we know this we know we need to control our bodies but what's the problem it's hard isn't it we're tired we're exhausted some of us work long days we work long nights we get home from school from work from the campus and what do we want to do we want to watch dancing with the stars we don't want to dance under the stars correct we're tired So so what I want to do is I want to keep building on these principles. So that first principle, yeah, it makes sense. It's truth, but but it's common sense, but it's hard. So first principle is commit my body to God. Here's the second one. Second radical principle is I got to refocus my mind. I got to refocus my mind. So we're back to this letter Paul wrote, wrote to the church in Rome, and he says this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Now, the reason why he goes here is because he knows that whatever gets your mind gets you. And what he's talking about is, and what he's saying here is, you've got to stop thinking about what you don't want and you just st- start thinking about what you do want. We gotta stop focusing on what's bad for us, and we gotta start focusing on what's, what's good for us. Now, I might be the only person who feels this way, but I really, really struggle with difficult people. I might be the only person here. I, I, I really struggle with difficult people. And, and I know last week we talked about that confession is good for the soul and for the body. So I'm just confessing that to you here today. I may be the only one, but I struggle with difficult people. I won't ask you to raise your hands if you do as well. And so when I came into 2018, my New Year's resolution was this. Because here's something I noticed. I noticed that humble people don't seem to struggle with difficult people as much i've noticed that humble people don't have short fuses have you noticed that i've noticed that humble people when they're around difficult people difficult situations they don't tend to blow up so guess what my new year's resolution was (laughs) you would think to hang around more humble people Uh, it was when i'm around difficult people or when I'm dealing with difficult situations, I need to think of my self less often. I need to think of myself less often, and I need to start focusing on what's good and not what's bad. Renewal of the mind, what Paul's talking about here, I highly recommend it. I've noticed in these last two weeks, it's been working in my life. And notice this, he writes this here in this letter. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So every one of us, how have we learned things? We've learned things from a, from a pattern here. We've learned it from a model. That's how we learn. That's how, just like little ducks, they learn how to waddle from, their, from the mother duck. They learn that pattern. They learn that. We learn things through a model. And the problem for you and I is we haven't been given a perfect model in this world. Every human being is imperfect. And so the only place we ever can find a perfect model is is in this book. And we're told about him, and God sent him to earth, and his name is Jesus. And 20 times Jesus says, follow me. Why does he say that? Because he's the perfect model. He's like, follow my example. Paul, who we're reading his letter today, six times, he has the audacity to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me. Model me. And the question is for you and I, are we going to follow negative examples, negative models? Or are we going to follow positive ones? Because radical transformation, what we're talking about here, can you really change? Can you really be transformed? Truly, the only way I've seen it happen is through God and by God. Because positive thinking can't bring that lasting change. We can turn over new leaves. Lots of people can turn over new leaves, but only God can give you new life. Jesus describes it as being born again. Not just, not just turning over a new leaf, but a whole new life. And how is that possible? By the renewing of your mind. And so Paul continues in this letter, and he says, the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. And what he's talking about here, what he's getting out here, is you need to put on. First of all, you need to put off something in order to put on something. So, so the illustration that best helps me is whenever, let's, let's say today Sears is closing, so I want to encourage you today to rush off to Sears do your last-minute shopping there because it's closing for, forever. But let's say we're going to Sears today and you're on target to buy yourself a new suit jacket. So you go in there, you walk in, and you find it and it's luxurious. Shoulder pads and everything. I know this belongs to someone here, I just can't remember who it is, so apologies for that. But you see it, and you want it. So you take it off the rack, and what do you do? You stick it in, no, you don't, you, you go to the clothes changing room, and you get in there, and then what do you do? Okay. Anyone seeing a problem? It doesn't fit. Why not? Because you got to do what? Because you need to take off the old in order to put on the new. And that's what Paul's getting at there, not suit jackets and change rooms, but the fact is the fact, what he's getting at here is that you, in order for your mind to be renewed, in order to experience that change, you've got to take off the old in order to put on the new. And if I had more time, I'd do the whole wardrobe for change for you. But that's what he's getting at here. You've got to take off the old in order to put on the new. So first thing, first principle is commit to God. The second one is I've got to refocus my mind. Third one here, third principle Paul gets at here, and this one's tough, especially for me. I'm working on this one this year, is I must humbly assess my current state. I must humbly assess my current state. Has anyone here noticed that our bodies don't work, work perfectly? Have you noticed that relationships don't work perfectly? Have you noticed that the weather doesn't work perfectly? see nothing's perfect but unfortunately and where we see i see it the worst manifested is on sunday mornings a lot of us pretend that we've got it all to, all together but we all know that we don't have it together and so paul continues in this letter and it's absolutely brilliant do not think of yourself more highly than you ought But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. I I love how it's translated in the New Living Translation. It says this, be honest in your estimate of yourself. Be honest in your estimate of yourself. So be realistic. Define reality. So if we're going to ask ourselves some honest questions today, what are you pretending isn't a problem in your life right now? What are you pretending is in a problem with your finances what are you pro- what are you pretending is in a problem with your health what are you pretending isn't a problem with your relationships and do you have the courage to confront it today and that's what this verse is all about you got to have the courage to maybe go to someone who's close to you and, and have them honestly say to you here's what needs to change in 2018 joe this word measure of faith, these words that Paul says here, measure of faith. Be honest in this estimate of yourselves. That word measure, it's the wor- where we get the word metric from. The metric system from. And that's what it is. And, and lots of us, we don't even like that word metric. We don't like it when people define reality, do we? Or, 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 or when we're held accountable. But it's so true that if we don't measure it, we can't manage it. So even when it comes to physical health, we need we need to start just with practical like define reality. You know my height, like how am I doing? Like get real. Get real with our numbers and keep a record. Fourth fourth radical principle here. Because I really believe all of us here we really really want to change. And here's the fourth one. I know I talk about this a lot and they won't stop talking about it, but I must get group support. So Paul keeps going in his letter here and he says this, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. I didn't say this. Paul, Paul wrote this, God said this we belong to each other we need each other you need me i need you we need the people around us they need you we belong to each other so so first principle commit my body second is i need to refocus my mind third is i I need to humbly assess where i'm at fourth is we need each other we need community And, and and number number five And this one's so important. Fifth radical principle is I must fill my life with love. I must fill my life with love. The Bible describes the wisest man in the the world saying this. Love is stronger than death. Think about that. If love is stronger than death, then it means that love is stronger than death love is stronger than divorce love is stronger than discouragement love is stronger than depression love is stronger than disease love is stronger than doubt love is stronger than anything else so you need to fill your life with love because it's the strongest power in the universe paul writes continues on in his letter and he says this don't just pretend that you love others you ever do that really love them hate what is evil Stand on the side of good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So who here wants or needs help with their goals? Start helping other people with their goals first. Show them love. Give yourself away. There's this healing in giving back to others if you've never experienced that. One last principle. One last principle, and it's just as important as all the others, and, and, I th- and it's easily the most important one. And it's the one that really, these five are such important, but this is the one that really brings ultimate transformation. And this is, I must, and it's going to be a real letdown when I see it, but stick with me for a second. Is, I must nurture my enthusiasm. I must nurture my enthusiasm. I must, I must, I must nurture my enthusiasm. And for every one of us, if we want goals to stick, if we want want to be changed, if we want lasting transformational change, we have to maintain our enthusiasm. How on earth do you maintain enthusiasm over 120 years? Anyone know? How do we do that? Have any of you ever been enthusiastic? Have any of you ever been enthusiastic when you start something new? Yeah. yeah. You start a new job. This is great for the first couple hours, right? <laughs> you start a new school, New college, new church, New year. And we're really enthusiastic for maybe a week, weeks, maybe even months. We're so excited at the beginning of everything. What happens? Why do we lose enthusiasm? It could be partly because we lose focus. We get distracted. I mean, there could be a number of reasons. We get get distracted. But how do you maintain enthusiasm for 120 years? Because whenever I see enthusiastic people, who can maintain it over a long time, they tend to be quite enthusiastic and, and know how to prioritize. How do you do that? How do you do that when difficulties come your way, when delays come your way, when trials come your way, when all sorts of obstacles come your way? How do you maintain enthusiasm? Does anyone want to know? Does anyone care? <laughs> the way you stay enthusiastic is found in the word Enthusiasm. Anyone know what enthusiasm means? And it's the Greek word for "inthus," entheos. Enthusiasm is the Greek words for in God. No wonder enthusiastic people are so attractive. In God, it's the, it's, it's the Greek words for in God, to be in God. And people who are enthusiastic that are in God, whether it's raining or shining, they're enthusiastic. Whether they're sick or healthy, they're enthusiastic. Whether there's trials, whether there's good, whether there's bad, it's never dependent on circumstances. You ever met somebody who's just eternally optimistic? I want to be like them all the time. I want that. All the time. And someone who's in God. Anyone who's enthused in God, they're not dependent on circumstances. Because they're tied to God. And God doesn't change. And God is this rock. He's described as 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 unmovable. And and, and when we're in God, really, because of what Jesus has done, we are internally enthusiastic. Paul writes this at, at the end of his little portion of letter here in Romans. He writes this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And that's how you keep that spirit. that's how you keep that. That's how you keep your spiritual fervor, that enthusiasm. That's how you can be joyful even when life sucks right now. That's how you can be joyful because you have this hope because you know that God's plan is still going. He's going to win in the end. God's plan is good. And because he wins in the end, I win in the end. And this is how you can be patient in affliction. Because I know even when there's pain, and there's pain in my life, God's going to bring good out of it. And I can be patient in that pain. And I can be faithful in prayer, like he talks about here. Because when I pray, I don't panic. When I worship, I don't worry. And I'm either going to be on my knees or I'm just going to fall over and faint. And those are the options and those are my choices. Like I said at the beginning, it's our choice. So, this year started, and some of you may have already failed in some of the goals or resolutions you set. And you're gonna screw up, and so am I. I mean, we're human, we screw up, we mess up, we get off track, and God says that's okay. But if you're in me, you can make a U turn, you can get right back on, you can get God's power by being joyful in hope, by being patient in affliction, by being faithful in prayer, just like Paul writes here. But above all else, church, if you want transformation that lasts, you need to be in God now. Let's pray. God, sometimes when we come, when we come together, we can be somber we can, we can forget, really, that you've created this world. You've given us life. And because of you, we can be so enthusiastic, and we should be so enthusiastic. And as we start 2018, and um, many of us start the, every year with setting goals, and we've, some of us have already kind of fallen off the tracks. Uh, today, God, even with our relationship with you, Maybe we just need to need some refreshing. Maybe we just need to be reminded how we need to return to you. We need to commit our bodies to you. We need to renew, refocus our minds on you. Help us, God. Help us to um, not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by you. Help us to see that our bodies can be a spiritual act of worship. Help us to take seriously and steward this awesome, awesome thing you've given to us. I want to thank you so much, God, for what you've done, for dying for us and dying for our bodies, dying for our lives and wanting us to um, experience the freedom and the transformation and the change that can only truly and eternally come through you. And I pray today as we go away, we would think, we would meditate, we would focus, we would just create some time and space reflecting on what it means to be in you and to be enthusiastic about you. And if we're sitting here, God, and we are not enthusiastic about you or in a few minutes about what you've done, uh, may you, through your spirit, just um, tap us, remind us, um, encourage us, refresh us, restore us, God, if there's anything we've brought into 2018 that we just need to let go, and we're wondering why we, we, we can't renew our minds, we can't get over this burials hurdle, maybe, God, we just need to be reminded, we need to just define reality, we need to just take a measurement and understand that uh, we're carrying some old stuff that we need to just take off in order to be refreshed and be renewed. God, God, help us to have the honesty um, to, to talk to our, our friend, our companion, and to receive. Maybe, maybe we just need to be told and open and transparent about uh, what's holding us down, what's preventing us from moving on, and helping us to just let that go so we can be renewed, we can be refocused, and we can be transformed by you. Thank you for what you accomplished on the cross, and, it, and as we remember you now at this time, may it impact us and transform us, and revive us, and refresh us like never before. Thank you for what you've done, what you have accomplished, and help us to respond with, with reverence and holiness with how we treat our bodies for you, in your precious name.